G'day sports fans. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. A Wednesday evening edition joined by the great man once again is coming at ya. With NBA free agency right around the corner. I dropped an article looking at some of the biggest free agent names and where we can expect them to land as free agency kicks off. Friday morning WA time at about 6am is when it's official. You can start signing contracts, but there's already plenty of rumours flying around. And JLo and I played a bit of matchmaker trying to find some of the landing spots for the biggest names in this class. Talked a little bit about John Wall potentially going to the Clippers as well. North Melbourne struggles. Boy, oh boy, does shit just continue to seem seemingly get worse for the poor Roos. And then we dove into a little bit of stuff about our fantasy teams, the top four in the AFL and how we think that's going to take shape. And another Mount Rushmore draft where I think, I hate to admit it, but JLo may have got the better of me. So bumper episode, let's get amongst it. The DMs were blowing up last week. Where's JLo? What's JLo doing? Fry, how do you think you can steer a Wednesday pod without JLo? But I got good news, Sportsby fans. The man is back. How are you doing on the 29th of June, Jacob? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I'm buoyed by that uh, that outpouring of support. I can't believe. Uh, good on you, Sportsby fans. It came from Leanne <laughs> Fry, we'll admit. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know what you guys are talking about, but okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm good now. I'm bloody good. <laughs> Yeah, clearly, like I uh, addressed on Wednesday, you were out solving uh, bigger issues, saving the world. Uh, let's yeah. get right into it. Let's not waste any yeah. time. Have you heard no. that Terry McLaurin has signed a three-year, $71 million deal with the Washington Now Commanders? I actually uh, I have heard that. Terry, a great um, football player in his own right, uh, does a lot of good things out there on the gridiron. I uh, just can't wait to see what he does with the Commanders. I, can't, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it that he signed yeah, that. I know. Well, I had a similar reaction. Let's, uh, that, that's your NFL update, sports by fans. I'm sure once uh, NFL rolls around, I might try and educate you and the rest of the sports be nation on a bit more stuff. But uh, I want to talk free agents. Yeah, man, maybe, maybe. Uh, I want to talk free agency because let's be honest, I'm a little bit confused about the official start date and time, but I think it's 6 a.m. our time Friday morning, shit hits the fan. It kicks off. Everyone is able to sign anywhere. Free agency is probably the, probably like the busiest social media and like fanfare time, I think, on the NBA calendar. The draft gets plenty of buzz, and I've talked about that for the last week. You don't have any uh, insightful draft takes for me? Mate, I totally missed it almost. Um, I thought so. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. It seems like the Pistons did well. Um, yeah, Pistons don't know, went okay. don't know about Paolo at number one, I must admit. Not sure about that one. Watch your space, eh? But like I said, free agency is the uh, the trending topic in the sports nation. So I want to play a bit of uh, free agency matchmaker. We'll talk through the biggest free agents in the class and let's see where they're probably going to go, where they probably should go, and if you were in their shoes, what they would do. So we've heard that Kyrie, Russ, um, there's another one I'm forgetting. A couple of the boys have signed their player options and are off the market. There's still some rumors that Kyrie is going to seek a sign and trade, but I don't want to waste too much time dealing with his uh, drama. He's dictated enough of the NBA offseason. 
But Bradley Beal is, I think, the crown jewel of this free agency class, meaning if he lands in the right spot, he could really uh, have quite an influence on the championship market. So he's got a $36 million player option that he's expected to decline. And then all reports indicate that he's going to re-sign in Washington for five years and 248 million smackers. So not exactly jump change. Uh, can't blame the bloke for chasing the bag, but what do you reckon Bradley Beal should do? Not what he's going to do, because that's that's kind of the rumour out there that he's going to stay in Washington. But do you think that's a smart call? Oh, look, <clears throat> there's a lot of ways to go about your NBA career, I guess. Um, if he wants to finish as a champion, not so sure staying in Washington makes sense. But if he just wants to be like a good bloke who helped a, a struggling team, um, maybe he just really loves the city. He'll probably get the keys to the city if he sticks around much longer and if he doesn't stays have already. healthy. Um, yeah, he's probably pretty close to due. Um, look, if I was him, I would probably look at going elsewhere. That Washington's obviously more than five years away from winning it all, I think, unless, you know, if they'd managed to grab um, Tim Connolly a few years ago, I think that things might be different, but their front office seems like it's still all at sea. Um, they tried to make some... Look, they've made some interesting moves over the years, like bringing Russ in. They brought in Trez Harrell and a whole cast of crew last year. It just didn't come together. And let's be honest, Brad Brad hasn't been healthy as well. So I, I would try and look elsewhere if I was Brad, if I'm being honest. Um, but you know what? I've got a lot of respect for those players like him and Dame who just stick by the same team so it's his his situation is an interesting one um i yeah i do respect him for staying um and you know where, where else might he go i i, I w don't actually know who's got the cap space at the moment i'm sure you can shed a bit of light on that well that's the tricky thing right is it seems that you know a lot of teams as you're approaching the deadline last year and probably for the last couple of years have been like righto Who's trading for Brad Beal? Let's get him out of Washington. And yeah. as you said, all reports indicate that the bloke doesn't actually want to go. He seems pretty happy there. He's pretty loyal. He's going down, the, like you said, the exact similar path to Dame Lillard. He doesn't want to leave Washington and leave him in the lurch. He seems like he wants to win with the Wizards, which is a fucking tall task. But there's not exactly teams that are flush with salary cap space. The Knicks, who we'll talk about in a bit, are freeing up tons of dough to try and make a play at some dudes, but Washington probably and him re-signing there is the best financial decision for him. The Heat, Boston, there was another team that I was thinking of. They're, they're kind of have entered the chat, for lack of a better term. Portland even, if he wants to go with Dame in the last you know couple of weeks, but he himself a week or so ago, 10 days or so ago said, there's plenty of rival teams and rival stars that are hitting him up, trying to recruit him, but I don't think he's going anywhere. And, you know, a quarter of a billion dollars, if you have that like dangled in front of yeah. your face, that's like three to four generations of your family done and dusted. And Mate, it's more than that. <laughs> yeah, true. It's a and lot like, more than that. You're right. But he get, he's like the dude in Washington as well. It's like, it's his team. He can have as many shots as he wants. He can, he'll probably end as like, he'll get his Jersey retired there. End as maybe the franchise's 
all-time leading scorer. If he's not already, let's be honest. I have no idea if he is or isn't, but it wouldn't surprise mm. me if he was. But I think you're right. If he wants to chase a chip, he might sign this five-year max and then two or three years in be like, nah, you know what? I've had enough. He's 20 or turned 29 yesterday, if, if not the day before. So yeah, he's still got some miles in his legs, but yeah, I guess it just really comes down to, do you want a chip or do you want the bag? And I mean, it's there's no guarantees that if he signs with Boston or Miami or whatever, like that'll obviously enhance his chances for a title, but he still might not win one. Mm. Yeah, no, it's oh, but Boston and Miami could work. Like, mm. but even you even look positionally, that neither of those make a lot of Clunky, sense. Right? Like, yeah, he's just in a really weird spot. Probably unfortunate to be in the class that he's in. You know, the free agency class that he's in as well. So. Mm. Take the bag, take the bag, Brad, and just have fun playing basketball professionally for the next five years, mate. Like, you know, everyone it's talks the worst about jobs chips. out there. Yeah, I'll tell you what, mate, it's the best job in the world. You're getting paid a quarter of a billion dollars to do it. That's not even including his, his, uh, with Jordan, you know, like he yeah. must be absolutely raking it in. So I, I, I just enjoy, just enjoy it, Brad, mate. Just I enjoy think- the rest of your career. Yeah, he's you never a, know what will happen. You're right. That's true. I mean, they could make a play and trade for someone else. He's a three-time All-Star, had three consecutive All-Star games in a row before getting banged up this year. But like you said, the Wizards have made moves to put pieces around him. Like they signed, or they traded for, sorry, Kuzma, KCP, and Trez. Trez might walk in free agency this year, but that's not the end of the world. They got Rui Hachimura. Daniel Gafford looked like he's an intriguing young dude. They drafted Johnny Davis, who isn't exactly a floor general, but he's another like piece of their rotation. So it's not a, they'll be in the playing mix. If he can get close to averaging 30 again, I'll be interested to see how Washington go. Dallas is another team that like, I don't think they've got the space now that they've made a couple of moves, but they were flirting with the idea of getting Brad Beal. But I have heard uh, Zach Levine's name linked. Dallas mm. quite a bit. He's the next one I want to chat about. Uh, Chicago re-signing him again seems like the most logical and plausible outcome. But what do you reckon about the whole Zach Levine saga? Because you could you could argue that they're pretty similar. They would be like you know second or third banana on a championship team or a team with title aspirations. But yeah, I don't know. They had a really good season, the Chicago Bulls, and I reckon they want to run it back. But what do you reckon Levine should do? Yeah, I'm surprised Levine's looking at leaving. I've got to be honest, but <clears throat> I don't know if, if he, he is. It might just be a lot of like buzz from the media and shit because it seems like he's yeah. going to resign, but you know he hasn't yet. Yeah, and he hasn't quashed those rumors either. Yeah. So, yeah, look, I reckon Zach is maybe a little bit different. I wouldn't expect Chicago to win it with the current outfit they've got. As much as I I really like them, and you never know with Lonzo back, maybe that works out and sort of a bit of development from Pat Williams or someone like that. But I actually wouldn't be upset if Levine could get his way to Dallas or I'm not sure if that's plausible anymore, but if they could pull that off, that might be, he kind of seems like he should be a second banana kind of guy anyway. I don't know if he agrees with that, um, which might be a problem, but I, I would if I was Zach, I would move on. Whereas if I'm Brad, I'm kind of like, oh, well, you know, whatever. I'm not sure if there's anywhere that I could land, but Zach Levine feels like he would fit really nicely next to a Doncic. 
Um, so I, I would be inclined if I was Zach to really angle to get to the Mavs. Um, but I, I do dislike Mark Cuban as well. I know a lot of people don't like him, so who knows? Yeah, I got time for the Cubes. I think if they were going to pull it off, we would probably have to be some form of sign and trade where they dish Tim Hardaway, Dwight Powell. I don't know. They'd need a couple of other contracts to make it work. So yeah, the Spurs are another team that might have some space if you throw him next to DeJounte Murray, who his name's been linked to a lot of random trade rumors, which surprises me. Mm. I don't know what else San Antonio has to build around, but you know, if you have Levine and Murray as your starting two in the backcourt, that's not nothing. It's something to build around. Uh, but right. yeah, yeah, that, I agree. Oh, sorry, I, I think, was just going to say next to Pop as well. I mean, Pop's always mm, the man. True. Like, um, I think um, yeah. if you if you're Dallas, you probably want to swing for the fences and try and get a dude like that. But they just traded for Christian Wood, forked over a couple of salaries to make that trade go through. So I don't know if they could make it work. Uh, maybe it's just me trying to talk it into existence more than anything. But I agree, like you said. The Chicago, you were pretty high on. I had my doubts throughout the year, but they were banged up. Like yeah. Lonzo, I want to say, missed over half the season. I don't know numerically how accurate that is, but Pat Williams was out for what felt like four to six months. Caruso had his injury issues. If you get their core together, the dude they drafted, apparently everyone's pretty high on as like a late first rounder as a potential uh, role player, difference maker. Pretty sure off the dome, Kobe White's a free agent as well. So he might leave and free up some minutes for some other dudes. I like what they've got. They can challenge for a top four spot in the East without Levine. And if he re-signs and they keep the band together, then yeah, who knows? They might be able to make some noise in the postseason. Chicago is definitely that team that would need things to line up quite well, uh, a la the 2019 Raptors. But we've seen mm. it happen, you know, and one injury, one little knee in a finals or a conference finals things can go your way so yeah i'd be inclined if i was zach to stay in chicago especially because chicago is a basketball city post michael Mm. so um i don't know i guess would you want to live in dallas or chicago i don't know if uh, either's a a good option but whatever he's probably got more chance of contending for a title even if he signed for like spitballing like four years 80 million which is probably worth more than that but you'd say four for 100 if he signed that deal like he and luca locked in for four years and throw christian wood next to him oh that's a pretty solid nucleus to try and build your team around from a dallas perspective but bloody oath and uh, you know when we're talking that much money i i know what i would do i would definitely be like yeah i'll take a little bit less like What's the difference between 25 and 20 million? Oh, so far out, miss out on, but I'm going to win a chip and have this like great legacy behind my name. But don't know if he's that kind of guy. There's a lot of uh, egos at work in the NBA as well. A lot of blokes that don't want to be second fiddle and don't want to just slot into that role. But I'd love to see it happen. But yeah, I think uh, two from two blokes probably staying at home. A couple of the restricted free agents interesting as well. I think. Anthony Simons is a name that hasn't really been mentioned a lot, but he's someone that someone could just throw the bag at. If you are the Spurs, uh, I don't know, Indiana, someone like the Kings, it seems like they're the type of team that would just offer him 120 mil over four years or something stupid. Mm -hmm. But 
being a restricted free agent, I think he's going to end up back in Portland. You could probably say the same with Miles Bridges, although there's pretty heavy interest from Detroit. So stick it. I think, do you think Simons is going to be on the move or does Portland just match any offer that comes their way? Oh, I tell you what, I, I, I always hesitate to guess or, or speculate with restricteds because mm. It can get so weird, particularly like later in free agency, if he's sort of still holding out and someone hasn't landed that name, quite often they'll just be like, oh, we need to spend this money on someone. Like, let's throw it at this guy. I do really like Ant Simons. Um, would love to see him in an expanded role somewhere, not behind a, a ball-dominant point guard. Um, and, I, you know, you, you wonder if he maybe even is a point guard. He's kind of a bit of a tweener. But it would be awesome to see him freed up a bit. Um, but that probably means he'll have to go to a Kings or a or a Pacers or something where he's not yeah. going to challenge for a chip. But look, the NBA is a weird bloody place. You know, one draft pick, one second round draft pick comes off like, and three years later, you never know. So, um, yeah, I, I would expect Amp to stay. But I, I do wonder if Miles Bridges might move somewhere. I would love to see him stay in Charlotte, but yeah, get the bag thrown at you. And Charlotte's not Michael uh, MJ doesn't seem like he's that willing to fork over too much money to blokes. So. True. I think earlier in the uh, previous offseason, he was offered sixty mil over a four year period. Seems like he's easily going to uh, improve on that might even go close to doubling it if someone wants to get stupid, but yeah. you could even like front load a contract or poison pill it, put in a couple of trade kickers and things like that. Um, there's been quite a bit of buzz, like I said, about him potentially uh, getting a bag from Detroit. If you mm. were the Pistons, what do you reckon? You got Ivy now who they got in the draft. They got that young Jalen Duran bloke. Cade Cunningham obviously looks like, I don't want to say a generational talent, but he looks like he's a, bloke that could be the star of a, a team you reckon it's smart for them to now now they've lost jeremy grant throw a bit of cash at bridges to try and get him into that role it could work it could. It, uh, as i as initially hearing it i'm kind of like oh just stick with the process build through the draft and but you know what like if they can get still pretty young bridges for the for the right price I reckon maybe, maybe go for it. Like he's, he seems like a much better or a stouter defender and rebounder than Jeremy Grant was. Um, so maybe, maybe give it a whirl. Like you might as well, if you're the Pistons, like what's the worst that happens? It doesn't come off and you still got those three other guys mm. plus some others to build into the future. I, the Pistons are in a really good spot all of a sudden, which is weird to say about the Pistons, yeah. but might as well swing for the fucking fences. Could work. They've uh, they may have hamstrung themselves in the amount of money they can offer him because just today they traded for Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks from the Knicks. So I think New York shed about nineteen mil in cap space. So you know that's potentially close to twenty million annually less that Detroit could offer someone like Bridges, uh, Colin mm. Sexton, another restricted free agent who. As a Cavs fan, I kind of want to see him stay. But like we've spoken about a bit in earlier iterations of the Sportsby pod, he is a bit of a ball stopper. And I don't know if he fits the up-and-coming Cavs. So 
I'm not too butthurt if someone wants to throw a lot of money at him and he leaves. But DeAndre Ayton is the other restricted free agent who's really intriguing. I wouldn't shock mm. me if he stayed at the Suns, but he's been linked to the Hawks, been linked to the Hornets before they got a center in the draft. He's been linked to the Raptors as well. The Spurs, again, like I said, they're a bit of a rudderless ship at the moment other than mm. DeJounte. So what do you what do you value DeAndre Ayton's worth as do you reckon because he wants the max deal apparently i don't think he's going to get it mm. and i don't think he deserves it but do you think he's worth having a bit of a splash at for one of those teams that's kind of floating in the ether without too much to build around oh look he's worth having a splash at i mm. guess um he's still only what in his third year or something like oh Going he's, into is year he lucas five yeah yeah lucas draft. lucas age right okay well he probably just hasn't earned it yet, has he? Like bit hard yeah, to fair. bit hard to be behind Devin and Chris Paul. Like not getting his touches, but you know, you'd want to want to have shown something to get that max deal. Otherwise you you're sort of at risk of going down as one of those blokes who's fucking never quite hits his peak and you're like, Oh, there's a f- money like sink, you know, you just like, oh, this unmovable contract. So it's funny how blokes don't take that into consideration. Like this could really hurt me in the long run in, if I'm looking at having a 15 year career, does it make sense? And I would wonder if it, if he shouldn't just stick on a good team with a good, Mm. not that I think Phoenix has a good uh, culture, but maybe you should look at land. If if I was a a kid this age, I know I'm 29 now, so it's easy for me to say, but, I I would go for culture and like d- chance of development over any of these things, but you know someone probably will throw the bag at him. Let's be honest. Number one pick, shown flashes. Yeah. yeah, got the size, got the body. Definitely seems like he doesn't have the attitude, but you know the Pacers have to pay someone, and the Knicks have to pay someone. It wouldn't actually. The Knicks wouldn't be a that would be a really interesting landing spot with mm. RJ and they didn't really draft anyone, did they? But sort of <laughs> could just, could maybe just get an amp Simons and then just, all right, we've got this core. Let's see what happens with this. And maybe, I don't know. It's, um, oh God, you wouldn't want to land in New York, would you? Not at the moment, I don't think. Like, uh, like a wise man once said, culture is currency. And I do think yeah. that if he lands in the right spot, I think two weeks ago, three weeks ago on the uh, trade machine Thursday that I posted, I said that they should just do a miles Turner for him swap. And maybe they could uh, Phoenix could get another piece like a TJ Warren, who I think is actually now an unrestricted free agent, but you know, they could get a couple of other bits and pieces to make that deal even for both sides. I think he probably does get enough touches for his role in the, Phoenix Suns offense, but as a young dude like him, you'd feel like you could go out there and average 25 and 12, but he hasn't had the opportunity to do it. So it's pretty tricky. I don't, I think like you said, he's got enough upside, enough talent to warrant someone throwing a bit of cash at him. I wouldn't offer him the max, but you know, these near seven foot efficient dudes who he doesn't shoot threes, but he's shown that he can do almost everything else. Like he can protect the rim He's got a decent like pick and pop game developed. I think Chris Paul's helped part of that, but he's worth a dice roll, I reckon. Uh, the Knicks might want to do it. They've got the cap space now, but apparently 
they're uh, clearing all this salary space to make a big play at Jalen Brunson. And today they said that they're going to offer him potentially a four-year, $110 million deal. And it seems like ever since they traded away out of the draft, it seems like Jalen Brunson to the Knicks is like a foregoing conclusion. So how do you feel about mm. that fit? Had a pretty strong playoffs and had some moments that he looked really good, but I don't know if he's a guy that you'd want to have. Like, Do you reckon he's ever going to make an all-star team? Probably not, but you never know. Maybe if he's not behind Luca. He's, he's definitely shown that he's a bloody good player. How old is he? Uh, I want to say he came out of college at a, a later age. Like he spent four years at Nova, um, yeah. but he's, he's 25. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's not super old. It might work with, with the makeup that the Knicks currently have, which is not much, but obviously you've got RJ mm. who looks like he's going to be, he still looks like he'll be a star, probably a, you know, so. five to five to seven time all-star. So giving him someone who can run the point effectively, it seems like he's never had that. So that could work. Um, I don't hate it. Don't know if I would want to spend all that money, but you got to spend it somewhere, don't you? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's true. 27 million annually, roughly, is what he'd be on. Uh, and I think that there'd be teams out there that are like, well, fuck that. But, you know, you've got to use it somewhere. Uh, Obi Toppin, took some strides towards the end of last year and trading those other dudes that I mentioned earlier today to Detroit does free up a bit more space. So maybe they reload and next year they're rocking with DeAndre Ayton, uh, RJ Barrett and Jalen Brunson. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, that's, you know, that's not awful. It's three dudes under the age of 25 who hopefully you can keep together for three or four years, put the pieces around them to help them succeed. And you're in the playoffs again. You never know. Yeah, yeah, and maybe get another high draft pick in there. Don't fully understand where their draft stash is looking, but I know they've got a lot. So you know, yeah, it could work. It's maybe worth the the dice roll if you're the Knicks and sort of do it a bit differently to the way they've been doing it for the last fifteen fucking years. You know, something's got to be different because whatever they're doing yeah. at the moment isn't really working. No way. Um, Right, so we've addressed most of like the big names. Kavon Looney is someone that might get a bit of interest. Seems like he's going back to Golden State. Uh, he's Mitch not Robinson, going anywhere. Yeah, speaking of Knicks, Mitch Robinson might be good if he settles into like a 25-minute uh, per game role on a contender. That'd be interesting mm. to see. Yusuf Nurkic, uh, Nikola Jokic is once running mate. He might get a similar deal, but he will probably stay in Portland as well. Uh, there aren't too many, there's, you know, a lot of role players. There's your Bobby Portises, your Malik Monks. There's all these other dudes that will probably either join contenders or chase a bit of paper if it's offered. But the John Wall uh, contract buyout is another mm-hmm. interesting talking point at the moment. And free agency hasn't started. So I wonder if the Clippers might actually land himself in hot water with tampering because all of a sudden it's come out that he's bought out and he's signing with the Clippers. And I'm like, ah. Oh, is he allowed to yet? But regardless of if it's illegal or not, what do you think of the fit of John Wall joining the Clippers? I don't hate it. Um, the Clippers seem like they need something else. There's such an unknown quantity with the Kawhi being off for a year and a half or whatever. Mm. You never know what how he's going to come back. Um, and then you've got this injury plague, John Wall joining a 
pretty historically busted up Paul George. Like as a Paul George owner in fantasy this year, I can attest to his lack of durability. Um, but maybe it just comes together. I, I feel like the Clippers are probably understanding that they might they've they could only probably get a one or two chips out of this <clears throat> current crew. Um, yep. And maybe John Wall works with that. I, he is the definition of an unknown quantity. John Wall hasn't really played in how many how many years? You know, like. he didn't play all of last year, but he's barely played. Other than that, like since he signed that four-year max, I think he's played, well, he missed like a full season, then 40 games, then another 40 games, mm. and then played a couple with Houston. So, yeah, it's a bit convoluted, but not exactly a great endorsement. I think the Clippers just have to try something, though. I don't – they were pretty good without Kawhi and even without Paul George, though. Like You wonder if you just sort mm. of ran it back. It's – um. <clears throat> the league's wide open right now, I think. And I would, I don't know. Obviously Steve Barmer doesn't mind splashing cash. So True. why not? Why not give it a roll for a couple of years? How long does wall have left on his, well, if he buy, if you buy the contract out. And it'll be on that a one year deal. That's not so bad. Yeah. Give it a whirl. Like seven, eight million. I think it's a gamble worth taking, right? Yeah. Why not? So, just to throw some numbers at you, he's 31, uh, did not play all of last year, played 40 games for Houston the uh, previous year, averaged 20 points, not bad. Uh, the COVID lockout year, didn't play at all. The year before that, he was in Washington and averaged 20 points again, but from 30 games. And mm. then it starts to get back into when he was really John Wall with the Wizards. So I think it's worth a dice roll and... There's a lot of teams in the West. I was talking to this with a couple of the boys at footy last night. You know, Golden State, I didn't expect to be champions, but, you know, they're going to run most of their squad back. So I was probably a bit harsh in saying that they weren't going to contend or they'd be out of the contenders mix. They should probably be right up there. Denver's going to be healthy and in the mix. Clippers, if they get the other stars healthy, they'll be in the mix. Dallas looks like they're going to improve. So all of a sudden... You've got some like pretty solid teams right near the top. So I think if it's for seven to eight million, it's worth rolling the dice on someone like John Wall. And, you know, if it pans out and he averages 18 points, becomes like third fiddle with those other two dudes, sick. They did pretty well, even though they had those other guys injured last year. Ty Lue seems like a hell of a coach. So I like it. I think it definitely helps the Clippers and pushes them up the potential championship uh, leaderboard. Yeah, and he's a good point guard too. He's not mm. just a scoring only point guard. So I don't hate it. I'd uh, be interested to see how it goes. It's not a particularly exciting free agency class, let's be honest. It's really not. I was just, as you were talking, your John Wall bits, I was looking through the Spotrack, Spotrack, whatever, however you pronounce it, other free agents. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll just do like a, all right, what do you think of this bloke? Yes or no? And I was like, ah, uh, I don't really think we need to talk too much about Bobby Portis and Jeremy Lamb and Marvin Bagley. I think the stars we've Let's talked not. about will dictate how things unfold. Uh, four point shot has been introduced at the Houston Rockets practice facility. Just a yes or no. What do you reckon about the no. four point shot? Don't like it. I reckon Neither, just leave really? it. Yeah. yeah. No, just but leave you it know how what? it is. It wouldn't shock me if two to three years from now they added something like that in, but I agree. It's a bit dumb. Bit gimmicky. Just 
Yeah, I, I think so. Leave it for the big three. That's Put it in I the all-star game if you want. Put it in the yeah. rising challenge or something like that. That's, the, I reckon, the place to showcase it. But, yeah, no, nah, not in the NBA. No, just let it be like an incredible three-point shot that you can't believe people are ballsy enough to take. Mm. Don't have all these cats thinking they're four-point shooters when they're not. And it changes it a lot of bad. the game as well. It's Yeah, no, nah, I don't like it. I don't, I mean, out of 10, I'm probably a, a two on it. I can see some merit to it, but yeah, nah. Yeah, I'm about the same, I think. Maybe even slightly less. Uh, there are rumors that we could have an expansion in the NBA within the next couple of seasons. Vegas, awesome. maybe New Mexico. There's a couple of teams. Do you reckon the NBA is ready to add a couple of other teams? Do you reckon we've got enough talent? Yep. I think if you look globally, um, why not? And it just allows more players to get their what they're worth and like not potentially be hidden on some, like we talk about the Amp Simons, like, He's a potential all-star in my mind. Let him let him have a crack. I, I'm all down. I'm all for expansion in the NBA. It's been what twenty odd years. Yeah, about that, roughly. Well, since we were pretty young, so give it a whirl. I'm happy with that. And you could probably add another team to the East and the West and have 32. 32 is like a nice round number. The NFL's got 32 teams, and they make that work yep. pretty well. Uh, good segue. What do you reckon about? expansion in the afl what do you reckon about a team in tassie because yeah it's, there's been a lot of talk about north melbourne going there or tassie having their standalone team it's got a lot of buzz in the last particularly 12 months or so but yeah what are your thoughts oh excuse me um yeah I, i'm once again i'm like more footy is better in my mind um it's interesting to hear a lot of pundits pundits mm. talk about the fact that they don't think there's enough talent around yeah. the league uh, or around Australia. Um, but it kind of also opens up the opportunity to find some some of those international gems, like Good call. whether or not you think the Mason Cox, um, what would you call it, experiments worked out or not. You know, he's a 100-game player. Like, I, I reckon there would be... Oh, I agree. I, I would say so. I reckon it's definitely a, a cool opportunity for like the state leagues are bloody strong you've seen that from mm. the west coast guys who come in and have done all right like and there's a lot of those guys who kind of fall out of the league who you're like oh he was pretty good like it just seems like maybe he wasn't getting a shot or so i'm i'm all for it i would love to see footy in tassie and then i guess you would kind of match that a little bit further down the road with the team maybe in darwin or or another one over here or another one in South Australia. It seems like they've certainly got the the interest. Like you look at West Coast and Frio's membership numbers, they're through the roof. Like mm, true. I'm not sure how the Adelaide teams are stacking up and they probably don't have the facilities right now, but there's no reason you couldn't sort of angle for that in with the you know, in five years' time. who's got the doesn't Brisbane have the Olympics at some point? Yeah, I wanna say in like Oh, 32? 32 or something. 2032. Yeah, so so maybe they'll have somewhere else to play. You know, like I, I wouldn't rule it out um, whether or not the interest is up there or not. And I mean, got, you probably wouldn't want to put one in Queensland with the sun still kind of floundering around. <laughs> but I, I'm all for expansion. 
um, if it gives people more opportunity, players more options, and us as fans more footy to watch and consume and and enjoy. And plus the international factor. I, I say go for it. I can't see any downside from the AFL. I know quite a few of the bloody like club presidents are like, oh, it couldn't happen. Like, doesn't make sense. But give it a whirl. I bloody would love to see footy in Tassie. Their little concept stadium looked phenomenal. So I want to yeah, just... I for no other reason than to see footy played in a place as cool as that. Yeah, make that well. unfold. I agree. Yeah. What kind of triggered this was a lot of, you know, like I said, there's rumours about expansion in the NBA, but then the talk in the AFL, like, oh, I don't think we got enough talent. I'm like, oh, I don't think so. Like a lot of people are like, well, yeah, you saw like the players that came in when West Coast were ravaged by COVID. I'm like, yeah, they're not AFL players. They're not training like AFL players. They're not getting paid exactly. like AFL players. Like, yeah. And it would be a huge boost for all those state leagues and potential draftees. I think you're right. The way to go is to add probably one in Tassie and then potentially even one in the NT because you wouldn't want to have 19 teams and then like a bye and a 20-game season. It could work and it's not a terrible idea, but I think the way to smart way to do it is to add a 20th team in, whether that is in WA, whether they think the NT is going to work, whether... I don't know. There's probably another. There's there's probably room for someone else in Melbourne. They don't have enough squads, so they could find uh, someone in there. Um, yeah, I. You couldn't be s- simultaneous. You would have to stagger it the way they did GWS yeah, and the. I Suns. think so too. But with that in in the in a five year plan kind of thing, I think that works in my mind. But I haven't looked at the numbers. I'm not sitting there as Gil McLaughlin thinking, "Oh, does this actually stack up?" Yeah. I reckon. I'm just saying, shoot from the hip and bloody do it. Uh, ask yeah. questions later, guys. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yep, yeah, I'm 100% with you, mate. If the AFL is going to expand, I don't think the way to do it is by sending North Melbourne to Tassie, though. Like you said, their standalone stadium looks pretty cool. Well, the concept does at least. But what the fuck should the Roos do? Because here comes your useless sports by Fry Start. Didn't put a ton of research into this week's one, we'll admit, but North became the first team to lose 10 games straight by 40-plus points on the weekend, which oh. uh, we actually didn't give the GSFL update. But the Sharks are riding a three-game win streak of 40-plus points, for what it's worth. Uh, but on the opposite end of the spectrum, the North Melbourne Football Club seems like a fucking dumpster fire. So how do they get out of this situation? Do they clean house at the front? Do they relocate? Do they try and just draft and hope that they can build a franchise or what the fuck's going on at North Melbourne? Well, look, relocating doesn't make any sense. I agree. I would fucking hell. I need a bloody bit of water. But I would say it starts, their football department seems like it's in shambles, Mm. just like my throat right now. (laughs) Um, Nice. They've got no strong leadership, like their leadership group. You look at it and you're like, wow, that's a piece of shit. Um, So I didn't mind the idea of potentially trying to nab a Scott Pendlebury for two years and Luke Hodgett. I I think that actually really helped Brisbane when they got Hodgie and Birchall. And if they could find some way, it doesn't have to be Pendles, someone like Pendles, that could work really well. or yeah, uh, look, they're they're in trouble, and they yeah. there's no easy answer. They were hoping Jacko Horn Francis might help, um, 
I do think they've got some interesting pieces, but maybe they should go the sort of the recycle route. Like I, I really like, and this, I know he wasn't necessarily recycled. I kind of like what um, Brandon Ellis has brought to the Gold Coast. I yeah, think he's worked out really well for them. Um, coming from a like a, a a club that's got pedigree, it's just won a lot. See if they could just nabber. Now, and I don't know who the team is at the moment because there's no Richmond dynasty floating around. But if you could just get a maybe like a Liam Baker, if he'd just won the premiership two or three times, I'm just who even won last year? I can't he might have remember. won a couple, to be honest. He might have played in one or two of them. Yeah, I would, I reckon he might have just come on the back of their premiership. Who won last year? I, reckon I can't even two. remember. Um, Melbourne. Like maybe if they could just grab someone from a, a, a club that's flying, although I don't know about yeah, Baker's got culture. Two. There you go, for what it's worth. Oh, shit. Does he really? Yeah, someone's going to pay time. him this off-season for what it's worth. But, yeah, we're getting Yeah, and, like, could you could you grab someone like that be like, you're going to be in a huge role, mate. Like, here's 700K. Again, you've got to spend your money somewhere. It doesn't feel like North's paying anyone at the moment. So... Back a bit of youth, back a few of these more mature age recruits, not the Hugh Greenwoods. Like Hugh Greenwood was not a good example of that. He was a good get, but he doesn't seem like he's a, a real culture, like building guy. He's kind of like, he spent half his life in this hyper-competitive basketball background, you know, yeah. like. Well, he's like 31 so I don't know as well. Like. Yeah, exactly. But finding those mature age recruits who are, a culture setters it and it honestly like the, uh, this sort of stuff doesn't seem that fucking hard like sit down with a guy have a good chat with them get to fucking know them understand mm. if they're good people understand what they value and fucking bring those people in it's not this isn't rocket science we're not in a government department with these structured can only ask interview questions one fucking way one time it's like you're about to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars in these people and you know with the with the intention of changing the direction of your your club get a really smart gm or whatever they're called in the afl president or CEO, president yeah whatever manager, and, I don't know. and you know clarko wouldn't go there would he well that was going to be my next bit is because all the things that you've said i'm sure that they've done i'm sure that they tried to get a lot of these blokes there but well maybe anyway but no one wants to fucking go there they threw money at josh kelly they threw money at dusty before richmond's dynasty took shape they threw money at a lot of other giants before they re-signed they're now talking about trying to find a scott pendlebury type i don't like you said i don't think he's the answer particularly but as you were given your spiel i was like oh who could they get who's like comes from a real winning culture and i was like oh geelong's been pretty successful do they throw a bag at tom stewart he's probably not leaving geelong and might not be the perfect bloke and he's probably in uh not exactly uh everyone's favorite name right now but yeah they're they're pretty fucked they don't have a lot to build around i thought the hugh green would get and the draft picks that they made and that was really going to help them get off the bottom of the ladder but yeah it seems like if anything they've taken a step backwards i think dave noble will lose his job I think most of the footy department should lose their job. I don't think going for Clarko, like you said, is probably the answer, but you need someone to come in there and build the culture. Like there's no, 
AFL legends who are still really in the coaching scene, like a Lee Matthews or a Mick Malthouse of like those yesteryear types who could come in and do mm. that. So maybe Clarko is the answer. Maybe they're just like, you know what? We're going to promote Clarko and we're going to make, I don't know, Luke Hodge, a fucking board member or something. We're going to get, yeah, like do something to really just dramatically shift the culture of this footy club. Cause I think that's what it needs. It's the list is okay. It's not great, but they've got young talent. They've got, other pieces like Goldie seems like he's going to play out his career with North and they've got some young backup rucks, Ben Cunnington, who's arguably their best player hasn't played, but like Jai Simpkin and Luke Davis, Uniac, uh, B plus a minus midfielders. Like they've got stuff to build around. Jack O'Horn yep. Francis gets his head right. And Larky. all of a sudden he's going all right. Yeah, exactly. But um, they've got, who's the other defender down back. Anyway, I don't, yeah, I was thinking Mackay, but then I was like, nah, that's not him. There must be someone else. But maybe it yeah, is Mackay. Okay. Uh I digress. They're in a they're in a pickle, that's for sure. But I think they really need to dramatically flip the script, clean house, and really try and build. Totally agree. Yep. Um, there are four franchises currently tied at 40 points, uh, from second to fifth on the ladder. Melbourne is four points clear of these other clubs. And I don't think anyone's catching the D's for the minor premiership. You say that's fair? I mean, maybe, but do you reckon I would have ruled it out? Team? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot more flat after the last few weeks, though. I fair. would say. Let's say for argument's sake, the D's hold on to number one spot. Uh, Geelong sure. vaulted up to number two with their win on the weekend, which was arguably the best game of the year. Uh, Brizzy Lions. They took a pretty hefty L and moved back to third. Mm. Dockers lost mm. to now fifth place Carlton. So there's four clubs there vying for three spots in the top four. You got Geelong, Brisbane, Frio, and Carlton. Who do you think misses out on the top four mix? Let's say that Melbourne, like I said, hold on. And then Swans, Collingwood, there's all those other teams a bit below them. So out of mm. Carlton, Frio, Brisbane, and Geelong, who misses the double chance? Man, that's a hard question. I would back. I like Frio because they've got home ground, mm. um, like genuine home ground advantage. Um, I would really want to look at the run home, but without doing that, I would probably stay. Still say, oh, and I like Geelong's home ground too. So that and Brisbane. So I would probably lean towards Carlton. Yeah, but. I've, I have a lot of faith in them and they have some cavalry returning and they've just knocked you boys off. They've got the goal kickers. They've got a solid defense with blokes returning. Their midfield's phenomenal. They're doing all of this without a solid, well, without an A-grade Ruckman. Don't know if Pitnett's an A-grade Ruckman, but he's a full-time Ruckman. Coming back um, in the next week or two for what it's worth. Yeah. Uh, I would still probably go Carlton though. That's just a gut feeling. There's probably not much to that, but Carlton would be my pick. But that's probably just because they're Carlton, to be honest. And you <laughs> yeah. associate them with with terror, terror and shitness. And sliding down the ladder. I uh, mm. I think you were in the house when I made the joke that Carlton will be playing in the grand final and I still won't be a believer this year. I've been out yeah. on them all year, but they look pretty fucking impressive on the weekend. And I tell you what, I know that Brisbane, Geelong and Frio get the home ground advantage. I think for what it's worth, Brizzy has a bit of a harder run out of that quartet home. 
and uh, I don't know. It's it is a bloody tough question. You're right, but I think the Dockers have channeled their inner Cleveland Cavalier, and they Ooh. peaked about halfway through the year. And I don't think they're going to miss out on the playoffs or the finals, but I think they're destined to miss the top four again. As a Fremantle fan, I am uh, contractually ob- obligated to be glass half empty and have a bit of pessimism. But I don't know. I mean, they they looked very second rate against the Blues. Granted, we never play great in Melbourne. It's pretty traditional that West Australian sides go to the G and cop an L. But yeah. I think they're at Marvel actually for what it's worth. But still, I think that, you know, if, they, if you tell me they finished fifth or sixth at the start of the year, I would have been pretty fucking stoked. So yeah. I think that that's probably where they're going to end because I'm starting to believe in the Blues. They were good. They've got cavalry coming back. The Swans and the Pies, I don't think, are good enough to push themselves above those other dudes. And then you've got a couple of other cats fighting for that bottom part of the eight. So I think, yeah, gun to my head, I'd probably say the Dockers, but it's a tough ask, tough question. Yeah, bloody oath. Yeah, you, but maybe you're right about the Cavs thing. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's ridiculous. I had like <laughs> these two teams that I go for, both just like expected to finish 10th respectively in probably the Eastern conference and the AFL ladder. And they caught lightning in a bottle. They look really good. And yeah, as the season progresses, I'm like, Oh, that's right. They're not Melbourne. They don't have the sustained success yet. They might, but who knows? Uh, They might do it if they can pry Luke Jackson away from the Melbourne demons, his contract situation is one of the biggest talking points this year. I want to very quickly touch on a bit of ruck importance because we just saw Roe Marshall re-signed for the Saints for five years. Like I said, Jacko's contract is going to be a talking point until he signs the dotted line. How important do you think having an A-grade Ruckman and not even just an A-grade Ruckman, but someone like Jackson or like Grundy was in his prime to be able to kind of play as an extra midfielder like Timmy English is now. Do you think that those dudes are worth close to a million bucks and should be paid? Or do you think that the money should be spent elsewhere, whether it's on a prime ball mover in the guts, whether it's a Max King or uh, a Josh Kennedy a couple of years ago, that type of guy. Do you think Ruckman deserved that payday? Probably not, yeah. if I'm being honest. I think you need you need a number one guy. You need someone who's big, but you need it only needs to be a McAvoy or a Nenkervis or a... Uh, Pitnet. Pitnet, yeah, I... I I'm not so sold on the importance of an elite Ruckman. Like the, the only elite Ruckman I can remember winning a premiership is Dean Cox. Mm. And beyond good that. Point. You say Gawney last year, even? Uh, yeah. 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 Look, Gawney. Gawney's a different bloke though. He's not, doesn't play as an extra midfielder. Mm. Um, and let's be honest. Do you reckon Gawn won in that premiership? I think it was more Petrarca and Oliver and, you know, an elite system. He was system a big factor, it, but you're right. Yeah. That's two I, I'm blokes in 20 years. Yeah. I'm definitely on board. Like I, yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge believer in the importance of an elite Ruckman. Um, they're certainly handy if you can get them for the right price. Um, and, you know, I feel like West Coast would have absolutely pantsed uh, Collingwood in that 2018 final if Nick Nat played, but, same time he didn't. We had two backup ruckmen who were both, but were both ruckmen mm. play. 
and we got the job done against Brody Grundy. So I would probably say not so much and I would be hesitant to pay Luke Jackson a, an absolute bag. But with that said, I think the value of Jackson is that he's a pretty dangerous forward as well, which is yeah. a... So maybe that makes it worth it if you, if you kind of got that swing man who can go back and forth like what Frio wish Rory Lobb would do. Yeah, true. I think Timmy English, like we've called him multiple times on this podcast, is a bit Dean Cox-esque and seems like totally. that type of mobile ruckman. But Jackson kind of gives me the vibes of a bit of a taller midfielder even. Like that goal that he kicked against Brisbane kind of like didn't crumb it, but like received a handball, swung around and right foot snap. I was like, ah, oh, he looked pretty mobile doing that and reminded me more of a shorter player rather than a Ruckman. You know what I mean? But you're right. Yeah, I think- Ruckman, they lose mobility as they get older and bigger though as well. Got to remember Good that. point. Yeah. They are uh, lofty mofos. So yeah, uh, like I've said before, I hope that Frio doesn't offer him 10 and a half mil over seven years, but mm. yeah, you never know. They will. If- they fucking will. <laughs> yeah. It would be the most Frio thing ever. Here I was just entering the podcast in a good mood. Hey, at least uh, at the moment, Luke Jackson is only worth $586,000. And there's a lot of fantasy Mm. coaches who missed the boat on him last week that'll be trading him this week, including at the moment, yours truly. Uh, Wow. Before we dive heavily into fantasy stuff, I need to uh, congratulate you, mate. The season ledger got counted. Uh, I'm up 11 to 4. But you've got back-to-back dubs against the large fries and coke. You've outscored me two weeks straight, and uh, I've tumbled. I'm I'm like a ship without a sail at the moment. I really need to find my mojo and figure it out. And I think I'm going down the Luke Jackson bandwagon to try and do it. I'm jumping aboard. I don't care if Max Gorn comes back. I've had him in drafts in a couple of leagues this year, and I'm hoping he can just churn out another couple of 80s, couple of 70s if Gorn is back. But I reckon they've got. Who do they have this week? Oh, we've got Adelaide. So big matchup against Riley O'Brien. I'm hoping he can keep tackling his way to a big score. How are, mm. other than obviously knocking off the large fries and Coke, how are the Quisplorkin boys traveling ahead of round 16? Yeah, look, we're pretty close to being finished. Um, if Tim English wasn't injured, um, my trade this week would fill my forward line. Rucks are okay on the back of Roy Marshall finally standing up. Thank goodness Paddy Ryder doesn't play or didn't play. Let's hope he doesn't again. Uh, brought in Aaron Hall last week, which also was just huge. a joy. A joy to watch. I didn't get to watch it, but just watch the app and watch his literally every refresh. Oh, he's got a joy to kick. refresh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was phenomenal. And then that just leaves me with Dacos as my only thing to upgrade. And then it's little tweaks from here on out, which is so. Uh, and I dare say this is probably the case with most people this year it has felt a lot easier to fill your team um so hmm. yeah you know most years i'll get to the end and be like oh, i was one player away bloody still or you know i just got there in the last round we're gonna get a good five or six rounds where the top teams or the people who've really paid attention are all pretty full and then it's gonna this is where players of difference come into yeah, true. Play. I don't. I really don't believe up until this point it matters one iota 
get the players who are going to max your fucking scores. But from here on out, things start to get interesting. So it will be fun. It's going to be fun to kind of swing for the fences on some weird little plays and, and see how things go. So, yep, Chris Walken's looking good. Um, midfield looks good. Got to address the Tim Kelly issue, but got Richmond this week. He scores well against Richmond. Everyone, oh, every he? midfielder. Yeah, and every midfielder does. So I'm probably going to hold him and look elsewhere and, you know, shuffle and probably move on from Tim Kelly next week. Probably, and that that will allow me to launch into a one of those guys that I'm really keen on, like a Rory Laird or a Cal Mills or Clayton. Yeah, I like so, that. J-Mac, yeah. Oh, actually, you know who it is. It's Jack Steele. Oh yeah, that's you're right. I've I can't got wait one, to get him in. I've got one midfield spot left, and there might even be a manoeuvre where I do something stupid and bring another rookie onto my field, trade out Alex with it, and and bring in Jack Steele. Right. But okay. Best case scenario for me, honestly, is that Witherden's named because then I go from playing four rookies on my field last week to one, including Luke Jackson. But yeah, like you said, I think a lot of coaches are in the position now where they're either upgrading the blokes who they're like, mm, I don't have Doherty, Mills, Luke Parker, yep. I don't know, whatever, whoever it might be, Tim English when he comes back. I don't have those cats, so I need to get them. Which blokes, just quickly looking at your team, not including the rookies, are the ones that you probably want to axe and upgrade? Because Witherden's in that boat for me. Dane Zorko has lost a ton of value, but I'm actually quite content with keeping him. Because like we've said, I think he fits into the Tim Taranto theory of if you get 140 and then next week you get 75, it's still pretty close to 110 average. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if he had some big games to close the year and he's, he's dirt cheap at the moment. But Witherden for me, Sean Darcy in the rucks. I traded him in last week because I thought he'd go well against Tom DeConing, but he was the only ruck, it seemed, that didn't go 120-plus, so that didn't work. But yeah, with the exception of those two and maybe Luke Jackson, I actually really like the rest of the makeup of my squad. Yeah, I'm pretty similar. Um, Tom Mitchell, mm. maybe. Um, I still have a lot of faith in Tom Mitchell, but he, he really has been down. and so His role is pretty fucked up. Can't overlook that. Um, Will Brody even seems pretty solid right now. Um, yeah, it would probably be my ruck division. I've got. I'm planning on playing Tim English as a forward. Um, okay, but could make actually. I'd probably swing Darcy Cameron out of that the ruck division and put Tim in there, and and then it's him and Rowan Marshall. I would like to get to Gorney. I think at some point. Um, that said, if Rowan Marshall goes 130 again, like or whatever he had. You can't be happy. Um, so yeah, it's just those guys really, and then Nick Dacos to move on. Um, but even Nick Day, I reckon Nick Dacos might get his break even. What is it, seventy? I reckon yeah, he might get that against the Suns. Back him in. So I'm feeling pretty good. There, there really is just a couple of mids I want to get in. I wouldn't mind replacing Kelly and Mitchell with Steele and McRae Oliver Laird. Um, you yep. know. Um, but I feel good. I feel pretty happy. Like as long as Alex Witherden's named this week, I'll be in a pretty good spot. Because at the moment I've got Brayshaw, Rory Laird, Lockie Neal, McRae, Took, Walshy, and Josh Kelly in seven of my midfield spots. And I'm like, mm, I don't plan on getting rid of any of them. Like, and I put in Jack right. Steele. Sick. 
Like I missed the boat on Oliver, missed the boat on Millsy. That's a, you can't have them all. That's fine. Hopefully no, Millsy might get defender status. That'd be fucking unreal. Don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. Oh, he has played down there a bit. Yeah. But yeah, I think Wait, how things, long are, looking got things till, are looking up. How long till that, actually? Till the new DPPs. Yeah. They come out. Let me get this right. So they came out in round six, 12. So it must be 18. So the end of round 17. So this is round 16. Then we get round 17. So two weeks time, I think they come into the game. Probably is just worth this time of the year. You don't actually usually get a lot of surprises. I do fine. But True. with that said, if you do have one spot left in your back line or forward line, maybe it is just worth keeping that in the back of your mind. Just mm. being like, I might be able to pounce on this guy. So maybe you should do some double downgrades or, you know, like, yeah, it's, uh, I'm just going to keep that in mind, particularly for the, if Cal Mills is all of a sudden defender, well, fucking hell, you know, that's He's the best. That means yeah. That means something. Yeah. So yeah. Worth keeping in mind. I think there's still plenty of value around. You can obviously like, Jump on a Luke Jackson. I know I've used him a lot, but his break even's only 30. You can ride him for a couple of weeks. And there's dudes in that mold that they don't bob up a lot this time of year, but you can still find ways to make money around the joint, even if it's not by investing in the top dogs or doing a double downgrade or something. Lipinski, not yeah. this year, but two years ago. Uh, speaking of value, the NBA draft goes, I think, for two rounds. Last time I checked. And there's a lot of the blokes that become household names that are at the top of the order. But today we want to focus a little bit more on the lesser knowns. The dual MVP was uh, drafted in a Taco Bell commercial, as I'm sure everyone has been reminded over the last couple of weeks. Uh, So our Mount Rushmore today is we're going to look at the best second round draft picks of all time in the NBA. And I had to to do a bit of homework here because I was looking at the uh, pick that some of these players were drafted at. And I was like, 28, you're not a second round pick. But I'm like, oh, no, it was back when there was like 25 teams in the league. So yeah, it threw me for a bit. But I think I've got my draft board in order. I'm very nervous about how the top four picks unfold. Uh, as another mm. winner of the Mount Rushmore count, you obviously get the first round pick this time. What am I, four and two? Yeah, we haven't done another um, one since the Mad Monday I think you've one, got right? Force- Four straight, if that's yeah. the case. Yeah, just I think is, so. Which is just ridiculous. I get. Nope. Was the last one the the who you want to drink with? Yeah, the Mad Monday one. There was <laughs> that one's that one's fair. I that was, was I'm the most dark, even though. one we've ever had. There was three votes in total, and I think there was like 150 votes cast across all social platforms. So yeah, I'm Maybe dark more, about the ball handler one. The ball handler one shits me. But anyway, yeah. I digress. Shall, shall I kick us off? This, I'll make this one short. Go this on. one's easy. It, it's no, it's undebatable at this point. Getting my one of my favorite players of all time, Denver Nuggets. Oh, you're drafting Gilbert. Yeah, blue and, blue and gold. I'm getting the Nick Jokic. So yep. let's just move on. Yep. I think that is obviously the clear number one. And I don't know if there's a clear number two, but I think there is. I think if you stack resumes up, you can make the case for a couple of different dudes. And I, I'm a little bit nervous. I was hoping that, oh, yeah, nah, I think 
I think that you can make a case for two or three who I think you'll take next. Uh, yeah. But I'm going to take Draymond Green with the second pick. I think he's probably been the best defender. Yeah, Hanya, you'd be up and about. Best defender yeah. of his generation, arguably. Yeah. Uh, four-time champion. I didn't. I was going to try and play a bit of chess here and get fancy and draft someone thinking that you wouldn't draft Draymond. But I think he's the second best second rounder of all time. I would have. Yeah. Okay. Well, good pick. He was third on my board. So I'm so excited. Congrats. You got the, you got the best defender of his generation. I might be picking up the best defender in NBA history. Greatest rebounder ever. Like, you know, not by numbers, but by watch the fucking bloke could guard anyone. He's a three-time champion. Oh, maybe he's a four-time champion, actually, as well. I'll uh, check. I'm picking up the worm. Yeah. I'm picking up Dennis Rodman. And boy, is he going to look good on a fucking picture. He's going to look so good. That's why I was, <laughs> I was like, yeah, you need blokes who look good. And I'm picking up the worm next to Mate, Jokic. Oh, my God. He's a five-time champ because he won back-to-back rings with the Pistons. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. He got two there. Yeah, well, fuck me dead. I've got the worm next to Jokic. Let's go. Now it gets interesting from here on out. I think there was a clear top three. See, I think there's a clear top four. And I had on my draft board, Dennis Rodman third. Um, I think that this bloke, compared to the rest of the field, there's a lot of other like names here that everyone will recognize. I might have drafted the best defender of the generation. You've probably got, you have got the best second round pick of all time in Jokic. You've Mm -hmm. also probably got the best rebounder for his size and his uh, athletic traits. But this bloke is universally recognized as the best sixth man in NBA history. Uh, Again, won four or five chips, I think four, with the San Antonio Spurs as part of a big three. So I've got one chunk of a big three from the Warriors and I'm drafting Mano Ginobili as another chunk of the big three from the San Antonio Spurs. Again, probably not going to look great on an Instagram graphic compared to the worm. And that might shoot myself in the foot, but I think that Mano deserves the title of the fourth best second round draft pick of all time. Uh, And I think you're probably about right. Uh, I actually had him fifth and I'm not going to pick my fourth. Oh, I'm going to go at your heart right now. He's going to look so good. You know what jersey he's going to be wearing in the picture. I'm picking one of my unequivocal favorite players of all time. I'm picking Gilbert Arenas as my third pick. Um, One of the greatest scorers to ever grace the NBA court. He was almost a bit of Stephen Curry before Stephen Curry existed. If I'm being honest. Didn't have the handle, but could get to the rim and score in the way that Steph could. And boy, he could bomb a three. A um, little bit more flamboyant than old Steph. But yeah, Gil Arenas. He's, oh, I love him. He's he's a character. You know, I know how I know how you feel about him. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'm so excited to have Gil on my team. Congrats, <laughs> get him man. holding a gun. It's a yeah. great pick. Um, Thank you. That leaves me in an interesting spot. There's... Mm. <sighs> Oh, geez. There's a couple of boys here 
that people won't recognize on an Instagram graphic. Um, but I'm not just thinking graphically. I'm looking at, I've got, hang on, one, two, three, four, five, six dudes left on my board, plus a couple of honorable mentions. Uh, and he, he's probably not the best player out of this field, but I feel like he had the biggest impact on winning. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm going to work. Yeah, I think I'm going to do it because I was going to go down another uh, international route, but instead I'm going to draft his generation's Steph Curry, like the best three-point shooter. He averaged three attempts a game, but Steve Kerr is like a five-time champion as a player, three-time champ, four-time champion, sorry, as a coach. Uh, and I think his role that he played on those championship teams outweighs any of the like real successes that a lot of these dudes left on the board have. Wow. That blows me away. Okay. Well, I get that. I get my number one, two and three pick. Oh, sorry. Fourth picks. Draymond was only guy I didn't get because I'm going to finish off. I started with the nugget. I'm finishing off with the nugget, the greatest scorer of the eighties. Can't believe he's not in the, Oh the, yeah, what have you done? And and I can't believe you didn't pick. Well, you still might. Um, I'm actually not going to say him because I really want to win this week. Um, hey, this is but your I'm last picking pick, Alex. So. Yeah, I know, but I'm not going to tell you who I think you should pick. Okay, yeah, fair. True, Usually, true, I would true. bring him up, but I'm yeah. going to wait till you finish off because you're going real weird. You were talking about international players, and I was like, oh wait, who on earth? Are you are you talking about Kukoc or something like We have very different lists, obviously. But I'm sorry. I've gone way off track. I'm picking Alex English, greatest scorer yep. of the 80s, greatest nugget. Uh, probably not anymore, but I've got the top two nuggets of all time. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I remember Michael Jordan saying he used to look up to Alex English, you know. And anytime plenty... Mike saying that. Yeah. There's plenty good. of dudes from that generation that have praised him and said he's like, arguably the most underrated score of their generation plus like a boss. Yep. Beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Look, I fucked up there because as I'm looking at it, Alex English's name's actually under the heading that I had here with my big board, <laughs> along with a couple of honorable mentions. So uh, I apologize to the English family. Uh, Cole Corver was an honorable mention, not being drafted. Let the record show. Uh, yep. There's a couple of other dudes there. Jeff Hornacek doesn't really excite me, but also did some stuff. Well, question. Undrafted doesn't count, does it? Nah. Okay, good. Because, yeah, thank God. Because that would have, I would have shat myself. Nah. Um, Paul Millsap, he has a special place in some NBA fans' hearts after his successes throughout the recent times. Mark Gasol, similarly. Uh, yep. He was the international player that I'm talking about. But as I'm now looking at the other half of the list that I had that has been cut off, uh, you drafted a nugget to finish the draft. I'm going to draft a Cav and I'm going to take Mark Price, who has his uh, name retired. It's not going to look great on the graphic. In fact, none of my boys probably will. But he was an elite guard in the 90s. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> This is brutal. This is brutal. 
Who's the bloke that you were talking about? I would have unequivocally picked Willis Reed. Like, how could you leave? He's a Hall of Famer, averaged oh, 19 yeah. and 12 in his career. One, like, one of the Knicks' only chips. And, like, he, like, him and the Pearl and Walt Frazier, like, I can't believe you've left him off your list. Yeah, anyway. missed him. Straight through the keeper, Willis. Steve Kerr, bro. Oh, my God. I see what you're saying with it, but, oh, he doesn't deserve a seat at the table, I don't think. Hey, fair. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe the Sportsby fans will side with me. Maybe uh, you chalk up the first win and five consecutive drafts. Uh, yeah, Chris I, Middleton, I another dude. Isaiah Thomas, yep. not the Pistons one for the record. Tony Kukoc, who you mentioned. Uh, you got any other names we missed? Oh, there's blokes like <laughs> Mo Cheeks and Doc Rivers and shit, but not not really. Um yeah. None that jump out. All right. Big podcast. Big podcast. Yeah. I guess by the time... Big Mount uh, Rushmore. Yeah, big. Big. We'll see if you can break the streak. Uh, yeah. We'll be back doing a, another footy. Oh, are you going to Sydney again next week? Is that right? Next weekend. Yeah, next weekend. So... That should be good for a pod. All right. Cool. We'll hopefully queue another one up. Uh talk more fantasy hopefully i can break that streak that's the one that i really care about mm. and we'll we'll find out where zach levine lands hopefully he joins the dallas mavericks yeah hopefully hopefully something cool happens for the nuggets just something hopefully, interesting hopefully something cool happens period because i feel like there's been a lot of rumors and a lot of buzz this off season and like i said free agency tends to be the time where social media blows up and shit hits the fan and weird stuff happens but it hasn't yet so this is Watch the sort face. of uh, draft class where you won't see a big name move, but you're, an important piece will get added, you mm. know, like a, the right role play. So it will be interesting in that sense, but it's definitely not as flashy as normal. So nah, I agree. All right. Ripper pod. Thanks for joining JLo. We'll um, do it again next time. Hooray. Right.